This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. So for once, things are actually going well. Declan and Honor Code, the two of you have had a number of adventures here in the conglomerata. In the several years you've known each other and the many hijinks and adventures you've gotten up to, things don't always work out, as, as both of you know. But today... It looks like things might actually be turning up. You're just coming back from a heist of sorts, a minor heist, where you were stealing some fairly valuable employee access codes, that sort of thing, to some of House Typhus's more secure facilities. And this might just be the job that gets you in with the prodigals. You've been doing a lot of work for the blockchain, as you know, sort of a smaller faction of almost like an anonymous in modern terms, trying to work your way into the prodigals and actually get a foothold in to the resistance building against the conglomerata. As you know, the world is ruled by five major corporations, five major houses, and the chairman of the conglomerata currently is Grayson Typhus, head of House Typhus and Tycor. Both of you have a storied history with that, but I'm sure that'll come out over the course of things. So the two of you are in a grav car. You've made a fairly clean getaway. You've got the codes in the trunk. Which of you is driving? You're a driver, shall I? That'd be you. Right. You're both sitting in the car. It's a classic Star Wars hover car. The city you're in, it's a vertical city, similar to something like Coruscant. It's the massive city of Nairfrost. And as you're driving, you know, the two of you are comfortable. You kind of look at each other and you've got a moment to breathe, which is pretty great amidst all the stress of your relative lives. But for those of you listening, why don't you give us an idea of what you look like? Also, Laura's face is pretty great right now. <laughs> I think I'm going to talk about my character out of voice, just for my that own That would be sanity. ideal. I don't think you'd be describing yourself in the vehicle. I'm honor system. Shit. That's, that's fine. Who, who gives a shit? So uh, inside his head is the honor code, though. So ultimately, right, yeah. they're the same being. Yeah. Great. I am a, a repurposed Typhus Corp assault robot that clearly has signs of being like repurposed and rebuilt a little bit. And I have a newly written code that I follow called the honor system. I'm at the wheel and I'm driving along and beside the gear shift of the grav car is also a uh, katana sword in its, in its sheath. I'm wearing ratty robes and stuff like that, which is unusual for like a couple reasons. One, because it's not very nice clothing, but two, it's unusual for a robot to be wearing clothing to begin with. But I, I do have a robe and sandals on as well. And uh, Ryan, why don't you tell us about yourself? So I'm Declan McCready. I'm about six foot two. Lanky fella. I've got tattoos over my arms. They're sort of strange geometric patterns. You're not sure exactly what they are when you're looking at them. I'm always wearing a vest. Uh, it's an old combat uniform, but it's got a bunch of ID patches sewn all over it. Look like a bit of a rough and tumble fella. If you met me, you'd probably like me for a bit, but you'd be like, maybe don't go down an alley with that guy. Uh, <laughs> and that might be a good instinct, but what do I know? Great. So basically, this was kind of a low-level con job. You managed to get in, get out. However, you are aware that the regulators who are the enforcers of the conglomerate's corporate rules and its beloved consumer's culture are keeping a careful eye out. You know that by now, probably someone's realized the codes are missing. Honor system, I'm going to say that you have hacked into a police scanner. Mm -hmm. So, so far, you're not hearing anything. It sounds good. As long as you can avoid any regulator entanglements, you should be able to get to the safe house just fine. When all of a sudden your windscreen shatters and a five foot something elven lady crashes through the windshield holding a pistol in one hand and with a tiny worried robot beeping around her as you struggle to maintain control of the car. Again, classic vertical Star Wars thing, like cars are whipping by mm -hmm. on all sides. All of a sudden the police scanner in your head goes crazy you can hear regulators saying, no, no, Xanthus has escaped. Put out an all call, Xanthus has escaped. And all of a sudden, every vid screen you can see around you switches to a picture of a dark elf looking as cabany, as, as sort of grim as possible. And you can see written in like giant blaring letters, wanted Xanthus. You're both familiar with Xanthus. He's a well-known criminal. They've been calling him a rogue researcher, but terrorist is probably a better term. Okay. Um, you don't know too much about him personally, but it's a little bit like if you heard the name Pablo Escobar back in the day. Like you'd just okay. be like, okay, like I know this guy's involved in some shady shit. It's not anything to do with you. Would we consider him to be, let's say, the good kind of terrorist or the bad kind of terrorist? uncertain, but probably bad. In the greater sense of where the prodigals seem to be, at least to your understanding, advancing the cause of the people who are really suffering under this super capitalist regime, 
Xanthus, again, you don't know too much about him, but everything you've read, he's been doing odd experiments. He's blown up a bunch of places. He's known for pulling off very elaborate, very flashy things. He's a bit of a ghost, generally a a, a 'er ne'er-do-well. For this woman who's crashed through the windshield of our car here, is there any resemblance between what she looks like and who's on the vid screens right now? Um, Xanthus? Like you recognize elven features on both of them, but no, she looks just like a... Completely separate individual. um, You notice that she's wearing almost like a standard research jumpsuit. Nothing too important on that. The only truly remarkable thing about her is that she just crashed through your window. Uh, and you know, she's got some blue lightning scarring up the side of her face. Uh, and she's out cold. As I think Honor wrestles with the wheel after like absorbing the impact, he would probably just say something like, Declan, we have taken on a new passenger. Yeah, this is getting fucking complicated. So I'd like to reach out and pull whoever the fuck this is through the broken windshield. I uh, put him in the back, and I guess, is the robot conscious? Yeah, the robot is beeping concernedly. Think um, the little droids that fly around the Imperial Senate in all the prequels. So just like a small, sleek device. You guys have seen these before. It's basically a personal assistant bot. They're extraordinarily common. Great. I want to reach out and grab that and shove it in the glove compartment and just shut it in. <laughs> and it goes, ah! and then it's blocked in. <laughs> Perfect. We need to fucking disappear. Honor system, can you roll me a notice check, please? So that's 2d6, and then if you're trained in it, you can add your ranks. If not... Take a minus one, please. Okay. Seven on the dice, minus one, six. Six? How do you imagine your internal optics look? Like um, we're talking like a Terminator or... Yeah, like a Terminator RoboCop kind of thing. Yeah, like so it, like heads-up display. There's a heads-up display. Okay, sure, so yeah. in classic heads-up display format, you get the red box of scanning for weapons, and you can see a bunch of regulators lining up shots from several stories up, two buildings back, and all of a sudden they open fire on your grav car. So as the driver, can you please roll me a pilot check? That's a grand total of three. The laser weapons blast off chunks of the car. You're used to driving, not stunt driving. Sure, yeah. So the car takes a couple hits, and all of a sudden, like warning alarms start going off. They're similar to the fucking seatbelt alarms in that they're really obnoxious and constant. <laughs> Declan, you recognize these as the stabilizers failing, and suddenly the cabin starts to fill with smoke. What do you do? How high up are we? In terms of thinking about the verticality of this, top is like the sky. You're kind of mid-city, so far enough that if you were to just straight up plummet, you would fall. 80 stories or so. Great. I'm going to say fucking dive while I strap myself in and I'd say I'll reach back and try to strap down the unconscious lady because I don't know what the fuck's going on back there. As the grav car starts to jostle and shake, Alan, you begin to blink your eyes and uh, you find yourself sore from going through that windshield, uh-huh. also in unfamiliar confines. You seem to be in the back seat of some kind of carriage. Um, with a a large uh, metallic golem of some sort driving and uh, an odd not-Irishman strapping himself in. Is there a door? Can you please roll me a notice check? So that's 2d6? Yep, 2d6. Four? Four, great. You start looking around, kind of imagine you're from the past and you're in a Tesla. Everything's very sleek. It's so beautifully designed. It's so ergonomic, Mm -hmm. but like... To your eye, there's nothing that resembles a door latch. I start scrabbling at the sides. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say that in your mad panic, in like classic comedy style, you hit a thing and the window starts going up and down. You hit <laughs> another thing, but then you hit one and DeLorean style, uh, you hear a hiss and the door uh-huh. kind of opens and all of a sudden you're battered by winds. Knowing I was trying to strap her in, I'd like to reach out, try to pin her to the chair, and then I'm going to bring my pistol up. And say, quit fucking with the doors or we're all going to die. There isn't an intimidation check here, but we're going to make one. So can you roll me a skill check and add your shoot skill, please? Nine. I'm going to say, Declan, that you pull a Greedo from the remake. You shoot right next to her head and then give her the target. And she doesn't even need to digitally dodge a little bit. (laughs) Alan, how do you respond to that? I freeze. Inside my head, I'm just trying to like get into survival mode and thinking clearly. And so uh, I just look back and forth at whatever these people are and or this person and thing. What What is all I managed to get out? Welcome to Dum Dums 2099, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into a futuristic world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, still your host. That's right, folks. I'm going to live forever. But more importantly, Alan has fallen from the sky, having somehow switched places with Xanthus. But who are the two strangers who've discovered her? Will they prove to be friends or foes? And what the hell happened with the regular dum-dums? Find out next on Dum-Dums and Dragons. 
And with that, welcome to Dum Dums of Future Past, my friends. Uh, so you may notice we're doing things a little bit differently here on Dum Dums and Dragons today. As we know, Alan is on an adventure unlike any she's ever had. So you'll notice we're using a much different system today. We're going to be using a system called Stars Without Number that is an absolutely fantastic futuristic system we found. It's very similar to D&D in a lot of ways, but also very different. So keep an ear out for those. For those of you listening at home, the biggest thing I can give you is skill checks in this system are rolled on 2d6 uh, with a skill added. Also, everything things a little deadlier in this system, so watch out for that. As we go along, kind of running a hybrid system, but we'll definitely put up information about where to find this as we go. And without further ado, let's get to it. So the alerts are getting louder and louder and louder. This thing's basically a sedan, like it's not built for this. Right. So you can kind of feel everything rattling, like the little fuzzy dice bouncing around all over the place. Um, the descent is controlled for now, but all of a sudden you hear the blare of sirens and two or three Blade Runner style cop cars come spilling out of the gap between two buildings. Mm. Honor system, you're currently driving. Yep. So uh, can you please roll me a pilot check to try and stabilize the vehicle? Okay. Mm-hmm. I have added the pilot skill Great. using my skill points, so gotcha. I won't do it with a disadvantage this time. Excellent. So that is an eight. So you, as a sort of a seasoned pilot, can Mm. feel the resistance on the vehicle and you realize that you're gliding as much as driving right now. Right. So it's looking pretty dire. I'm falling with style, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, backseat, Declan and Alan, are you just hanging tight? What's going on? I'm going to close the door that she opened because that seems needless. And how close are the police behind us? Or what the fuck are they called again? (laughs) Uh, The regulators. How close are the regulators behind us? They are 20 meters back. They're in tight formation. I mean, the unfortunate thing about the conglomerata and basically all the megacities is if shit goes down, they got one click delivery, baby. They're right there. So I'd say I'm probably racking my brain to know if there's a parking garage or the equivalent in this area that we could go into to try to lose them. Can you roll me a no check, please? Six. You're unfamiliar with this area. Things are whipping past. However, if there's one thing a hyper-capitalist future society is good at, it's malls. Uh, On the sort of center dash, there's kind of like a built-in GPS. I think you basically punch the equivalent of Alexa, and it brings up the nearest large mall areas that would have large parking structures in them. There's one that's rapidly approaching. You'd have to take a pretty sharp left at the speed, but it's another three levels down. It's pretty shady. It's like the Dufferin Mall of future malls, but uh, it's there. I uh, hit the button to throw it up on the front dash display because I'm picturing this like a modern day Chrysler <laughs> and it's there and I just say go there and I reach down and take the gun out of my semi-conscious friend's hand because I really should have done that earlier <laughs> and I just say hold tight it's going to land rough I do a quick check I reach back for my staff there's no staff and I look at my hands in front of me to see if my ring is still on my finger. It's not. You don't have any of your past gear. You notice that your hands are clean. The stain is gone entirely. However, you're also wearing unfamiliar clothes. They seem a little bit baggy and they don't quite fit. Someone explain. We are crashing. (laughs) You fell out of the sky and fucked up our heist. What? Where? What? Tyler, please roll me a pilot check. Roll high. Okay, well... When you roll 2d6, the bright side is you can't roll a natural one, but you can roll two natural ones. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, so you go to Nair Frost, drift around the corner, and suddenly the alarm changes from a constant kind of, hey, you should be aware of this, to a, oh, fuck, and you feel kind of an explosion in the back of the grav car. Hmm. One of your stabilizers goes out entirely, and as you try to drift, you actually smash through the side of this building. You're in a car, you're crashing. What do you all attempt to do to stay safe? I'm already strapped in, so I'm just going to, like, brace my head against the headrest. Yeah. And I'm imagining, like, a cross X strap. Keep me in. One hand on each of those. I'm just going to try to fucking ride this one out. Because of the bumpy ride, the sleeves on Honor System's arms are up because Mm -hmm. he's also got his arms raised for driving. And I think you can watch the axles in his joints tighten in preparation. So everything just kind of locks. Cool, Mm -hmm. cool. Did you put me in the harness? Unless you prevented me from doing it, I was trying to. Okay. Then you open the fucking door. I see what this guy is doing. And I I try to put myself in the same position because I don't know what else to do. As you do so, you feel like not the day after a workout, but like two days after a workout where there's still that like one random muscle or joint that's still giving you hell. You feel an ache almost like that. And as you do that, you start to feel a bit of energy coursing Mm. through you. And uh, you realize you could cast mage armor on yourself if you wanted it. (laughs) I do that immediately. Yeah, you look down at your tattoo. (laughs) Have you cast mage armor today? Is it still there? I still have my tattoo? It is now. Yes. Sweet. Hmm, it's like something changed. What could have changed? (laughs) Um, So you cast mage armor on yourself and you brace... 
The grav car is spinning. It crashes through. Uh, Are we doing like a Blues Brothers driving through the mall thing? Uh, well, you're not quite at the mall <laughs> level yet, but in a minute, yeah. So you, you you crash through kind of the main level of some kind of assorted bureaucratic zone. There's lots of these sort of like cubicle filled things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you basically go through one window. The car's spinning. The jets are setting things on fire. People mm-hmm. are diving out of the way, cursing and swearing awesome. at you. You're getting the car's Alexa being like, please. Return to airways, please return to airways, which momentarily you do. The car bursts through the other side of the building and you begin to plummet. So the car is just completely corkscrewing and essentially you smash through the skylight of the futuristic Dufferin Mall. Crash foam sprays all three of you and basically fills the cabin and hardens and the car crashes hard into the ground. So can all of you please roll me a check and add your constitution? Okay, the way this works, there's three kinds of saves, physical, evasion, and mental. I'm going to say you can take this to be either an evasion or a physical based on what you do. Nice, okay, then I can add my dexterity. So I got 17. 17, great, pass. Then I'll use evasion. Great. So, 16. And Tyler, what'd you get? I'm using strength, so I get three. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The car crashes through the mall, it hits a fountain. Declan and Alan, because you're organic... And organics are what this car was built for. The crash foam holds you very gently. You just feel like a soft, cushiony thump. Crash foam is not meant to hold a robot. Mm. So uh, you go through the broken windshield and smash through the fountain, taking four points of damage as you, I think, completely frozen in the position of driving, possibly (laughs) holding the wheel. Yeah, I'm still locked. Um, I might be holding that. Just kind of tumble through the fountain to a stop. Okay. Did you account for your damage reduction? Oh, I didn't. Thank you. Because you're a robot, you have damage reduction of one, so uh, you'll take three points of damage. So you can hear sirens in the distance. The cop cars decided not to go through things. Uh, However, obviously, you've made a bit of a ruckus. The crash foam dissipates. uh, As soon as you've come to a complete stop, it turns liquid and rolls off you. Looking around, there's a dwarven family rushing away. You can see people kind of scattering. But you're basically in the central atrium of a large mall. What do you do? My joints unlock, and I kind of get up and dust myself off. See, I haven't like described what Honor System's face mm-hmm. looks like yet. It's basically a dark glass-tinted plate going down mm. the middle of the face. So it looks almost like a Daft Punk helmet. Okay, yeah. Um, and I think little like pixely images appear on there. Oh, that's fun. Depending on different situations and stuff like that. So like Zero from Borderlands? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm just ripping off another fucking video game. God I was damn thinking it. like the robots from Saga. But I think uh, for the most part, it stays blank because okay. of, there's a sort of like Zen thing with him. So dust myself off and I think I just say, we need to move. I'm going to reach into the glove compartment take out that little personal assistant fucker and jam it in the bag with the other stuff that it's we're like, stealing what? I like this guy he's got a certain charm jam in the bag <laughs> sure. uh, unstrap myself <laughs> get the hell out and then start hauling whoever the fuck this is out of the back I'd say you're not Xanthus who the fuck are you not Xanthus alright not Xanthus <laughs> Jesus Christ this is gonna be a long fucking day we need to leave this episode is sponsored by Shopify When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful. 
it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. The hosts of Dum Dums and Dragons are 420 friendly all year round, which is why we are excited to have IndiCloud back as a sponsor. As IndiCloud gets ready for summer, they're rolling out a new product, Dank Sickles. <laughs> It's got a great name, and I've never seen anything like this before. A summertime popsicle with 20 milligrams of cannabis. These bad boys come in wild cherry and blue race flavors, and you can mix and match with a pack of five or go with your flavor of choice. Danksicles are strong enough to share, but mellow enough to take to your next beach day or vacation. And unlike your sketchy neighborhood shop or dealer, IndiCloud gives you savings on every single order. It could be through their gold rewards program, their subscribe and save deals, or our special promo code just for Dum Dums and Dragons listeners. So please, right now, get 30% off your purchase. Head to indicloud.co slash dumdums to get 30% off your first order. And tell them that Dumdums and Dragons sent you. That's I-N-D-A-C-L-O-U-D dot C-O, not com, C-O, slash dumdums, D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S, to get 30% off your first order. And let us know how the dank sickles are. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. We're going to think of this as like the central concourse of the mall. There's like a fountain in the middle. From where you are, just for for the simplicity of breaking this up, we're going to break them all up into districts. So there's the fashion district, the electronics district, the food court, and miscellaneous alley, which is where all of the things that don't quite fit into another category live. That's not to say that these are distinct wings, but like generally speaking, if you go to one of these areas, that's what you're going to find. You have just a few moments before the regulators arrive on site. Which area of the mall are you going to? Knowing our background, I look at honor system and I say, just fucking dress me up and dress you down by fashion district. And Alan, you're just going along for the ride? I just do a quick look around and realize I have no idea. These guys didn't expect me. They want me to come along. I'm just going to keep an eye out to see if there's anywhere else I could be going <laughs> that might get me into hiding to let me reassess stuff, but I'm going to go along. Seeing her Very look around, I warily. reach out and grab her by the back of her research outfit. <laughs> and then it's like when you see the Secret Service escort the president with their pistol out. <laughs> yeah. Like she's down, but we're hurrying. You begin to rush through the mall. While you do so, I'm going to say that you have the equivalent of like a PDA or a cell phone that is how you get in touch with the world. Yours is probably just built in. Yeah. Um, but yep. uh, Declan, you also have one of these. Think handheld, almost like tricorder sized device that you can use. I'm going to say, as Declan is pulling Alan on her system, you're probably running the subroutines to figure out if there's a nearby blockchain bases or mm-hmm. anything else. This area is definitely a little more rough and tumble. So, the loose organization that is blockchain probably has maybe a safe house nearby. 
you're very far away from where your drop-off was, so the odds of getting to your contact now are low. Mm. But if you're able to link up with other members of the blockchain, you might be able to get the data to the prodigals. What district is the blockchain? Uh, um, it would be outside the mall. Okay. Um, from here, two city blocks north. And when we say city blocks, think of them less as a city on a grid and more so like... City cubes? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like I go up a ramp to level 33, right, hang okay. three lefts, go down an elevator to level 28C, Mm. We're going to talk about them in terms of a gridded city because it's easier, but please do imagine these as, as a 3D, right, okay. uh, 3D environment. The closest thing you can find is there's a noodle shop several blocks north. It seems relatively inactive, but might be the kind of place that you could at least get word to blockchain that you're on the run. Blockchain being kind of an anonymous style organization is pretty loose, but as a result, everyone kind of knows there are a few places that are more amenable to the cause than not. Declan and, well, I mean, you don't really eat on our system, but like it's the kind of places where you can get food without having conglomerata chips mm. or credits rather. Honor system will say disguises first. And then we will contact blockchain. Totally agree. Uh, so we've run this scam before. We know this inside our heads, but you don't know this, not Xanthus. Uh, basically, what happens is we strip him down. He's a robot that we own. We're going to dress you up as my fucking assistant. We're going to dress me up as some rich asshole. And then we're just going to walk the fuck out of here. So we got to find a high-end shop right now. We prefer somewhere with only one employee. Okay, can you roll me a connect check, please? Eight. Alan, can you roll me a notice check, please? Yeah. Six. Looking around, I'm going to say you find like one step down from the gap. Not quite an old Navy, but in that ballpark. So you kind of head there. It's dressy enough that you could get away with it, but also it's the kind of place that you guys tend to go because people care less. And it is called Boychuk's Affordable Fashion. You head towards that. Alan, looking around, even though this place looks much more technologically advanced than anywhere else you've been, you do recognize the people still look the same. It's not like there's mm. like weird aliens running around. You're still seeing the same races you're used to in Faerun. Um So there's a chance that I'm still on the same planet. 100%. Okay. So as you're going through, you're taking in the sites and it's, it's a lot. It's pretty overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're, you're without your friends for the first time in a long time. Uh, you don't even have Billy Fingers with you. So it's a spooky place. You are being dragged past, you know, one of those like warehouse electronic clearance type stores mm -hmm. where it's just like a bunch of random stuff that's buy for less. As you're being dragged past one of those, you see a pallet of boxes that bear the uh, insignia of the unseen hand. And then you're dragged past by, by Declan. Oh, I'm making those sounds, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, do you try and stop them or do you carry on? I'm just going to keep going. Okay. So you're pulled into Boychuk's affordable fashion. I'm thinking like constant hum of shitty lighting. The mannequins are all like slightly misshapen. So it's an H&M. <laughs> yeah, it's an H&M, but it smells like a Hollister. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you're dragged in and the second you enter, there's like a bing boom. I sneak my gun behind Alan's back so <laughs> the store employee doesn't see a man with a gun immediately. I still just have my sheathed katana <laughs> like at my hip. <laughs> All of a sudden, a sales clerk pops their head up over a counter and like grins very broadly. They've got like a mop of blonde hair. Hello, my name is Alphonse. You can call me Alfie. Welcome to Boychick's Affordable Fashions. Fashion for less. For people who are more. Can I please show you to a fitting room? And then he realizes you haven't picked any clothes yet. And he's like, oh, it's fucking Alfie, first day. I'm sorry, it is my first day. You'll have to forgive me. How can I help you today, sir, ma'am, robot? Do we need a white pantsuit that looks sort of classy, but not too classy for her? Make sure it fucking fits on the first try. And for me, I want your most expensive suit off the rack. So two white pantsuits it is. <laughs> um, so he uh, he goes over to a rack with a mannequin that looks distinctly like Hillary Rodham Carter. Carter Clinton, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hello, Bonham Bonham Carter. I was going to say, no, Hillary Bonham Carter is the previous president of yeah, Typhus yeah, Corporation. Declan, you definitely recognize this, and this is really fucking frustrating, because yes, Hillary Rodham Carter was the head of an upstart house not that long ago. One of the great spectator joys of living in the conglomerata is watching various upstart houses try and become part of the ruling five. So basically, they want a seat on the board. Hillary was from House Clean Tone, which held a seat on the board for quite some time. And uh, in fact, it was one of the, probably like, not the, the top house, because Grayson held that. It was like the, the third house. However, in a remarkable turn of events, Grayson bought out commanding shares and basically dissolved the company. And as a result, because all of the CEOs are kind of like celebrities in, in this world, the fashion of House Clintone is now 
widely overproduced and discounted. So you both get white pantsuits. Weirdly, it, it somehow looks better on you, Declan. Great. L- knowing we're dressed exactly the same, I say, fuck it, same thing for the robot. <laughs> oh, I see. And he kind of like looks at your size and goes, pardon me, sir, would you come to our big and tall section? Yes. Oh, thank God. Um, so he uh, <laughs> he takes you to the big and tall for burly robots section. And after some doing, finds a white suit. It's it's tight. You look a bit like Dwayne the Rock Johnson in a suit. Okay. But yeah, it, it fits. I uh, very delicately remove my robe and fold it up. And with my sandals, actually put it in the same bag that's got little unnamed robo friend and our score from the job we just pulled. So I'm keeping those. Yes. And, and we, we quickly shift around the gear. So I give the bag to Honor Systems. So that's strapped around. Yep. And I take... <laughs> I take my sniper rifle out of the bag and we just sling it over his back. So he's got the bag, he's got the rifle, he's got the other thing. I tuck both pistols into the back of my waistband. So Alphonse sees you put a sniper rifle on the back of a robot and it's like, whoa, hey now, okay. Hey now, okay, look, I I just work here, okay? We don't have many credits on site. Everyone's moved to cards. Please don't kill me. It's my first day. We did not come here to rob you. We have already robbed a low-level affiliate of House Typhus. (laughs) Uh, honor system, here's the deal. I need you to knock this guy out and then lock him in one of the fitting rooms. Don't kill him, just knock him out. He doesn't say anything. Uh, honor system just goes to work on <laughs> knocking this guy out. You throw a classic robo-punch. There's no wind-up, right? It's just the arm extends. Exactly. Yeah. And in the split second before fist meets face, Alphonse thinks, I should have got them to fill out a user survey. And then his nose cracks under your fist and he uh, falls over backwards unconscious. I pick him up and take him over to one of the changing rooms and just close the door. Do you hang a little number one on so people know how many items he has? All right, great. I want to try to get without whoever this man is, without him seeing, I would like to slip like a thin dark overcoat into my suit if I can. Hang on a second. Are you like taking something off a rack and just (laughs) shoving shoving it into your coat? Inside a pantsuit? Pretty Yeah. So, Alan, I think... Um, <laughs> Just the lumpy lady, like, everything's fine. <laughs> um, so, Tied around my waist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's the classic butt coat. Yeah. <laughs> Very favored by the Carter family. Yeah, <laughs> Alan's big into grunge. So, Alan, while they're doing this, I think you reach out with Mage Hand, and you just pluck a coat off, and Mage Hand slides it up your back and tucks it into your waistband. So your back's a little lumpy, but, you know, the nice thing about classy pantsuits is they're fit and comfortable. Okay. I'm going to go over to the cache. I'm going to just steal a pair of sunglasses and put them on so I look like a total dickhead. And then I'm going to take, I'm sure there's like a clipboard or or a data pad or something that looks, you know, appropriately official. Uh, And I'm just going to jam that in my new quote unquote assistant's hands. (laughs) I'm just going to say to her, hold this, agree to whatever I say, and just look like you're scared and confused constantly. The tablet starts scanning your face, Alan, and it says, registering new Emily. I'm not an, I'm not Emily. Okay, you fell out to the sky. Right now we sort of have two options. You can go in the box with Alphonsus, whatever the fuck his name was, or we could get you out of here and figure out if you're worth any money. I like option two. Oh, so you're going to sell me? Well, I wouldn't say sell you. I'm just going to find out. That was the implication. There's a lot of things. Sometimes value is internalized. I reach for his be... gun. Okay, so this is going to be an opposed check. Alan, don't bother rolling me anything for okay. now. Ryan, can you roll me a save, either physical or evasion? Twelve. You see Alan step forward and kind of like reach out for your gun, but like you've spent your whole life doing stuff. So I think it's a very cocky, almost like Han Solo, like, I don't think so. But then to your surprise, you reach back and the gun's already gone and you see it float out in front of you and into her hand. This stops both of you short because neither of you have ever seen anything remotely close to magic. Magic is a myth. It's something that was wiped out generations ago. And this is almost like miracle level surprising. Honor system, you know that in relatively ancient history, for you, a few hundred years ago, there was a massive calamity called the Great Loss, where all magic ceased to exist in the world. There are a number of theories as to what that actually was. Some are that it was a phenomenon revolving around the discovery of quantum energy, which happened close to the Great Loss. Other people claim there were gods who walked amongst men and that they left for some reason and with them went magic. But that's pretty outlandish for this society and it's generally frowned upon. Most of the people who follow the belief that there were gods are generally viewed as cranks. Okay. However, more importantly for you now, there's rumors of psionics who can harness this power they've never been seen in kind of a very Han Solo talking about the force way. Lots of people talk about this shit, but it's often, okay, you know, why don't you just magic it away from me? <laughs> okay. So you don't know all of that. Declan, in your experience, this all sounds like ancient mythology, like none of it's ever 
never had any effect on your life and no benefits. So it's something you know of vaguely, but it's like debating the finer points of religion. You're like, I, I just don't know. So this is this is quite something. Uh, and Alan, for you, as your powers have grown, Mage Hand used to be like, I'm going to summon a hand and then it'll move. At this point, it's almost a manifestation of your will, mm. which is new. But as you were working with Xanthus, things started to change a bit. So now it's almost a force pull. Which brings us to here. I don't even move for my gun. I don't even turn where I'm looking. I just say honor system, non-fatal. Honor system has like a secondary voice that kind of kicks in when he switches modes, which is like that text-to-speech robot voice. They're just like, switching to non-fatal. <laughs> <laughs> and he holds his sword out, but the scabbard is, is still on over the blade. So it is basically a club weapon. And he closes the distance between himself and Alan. Got about two steps before we can hit you. What do you do? I'm going to jump behind a table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to misty step to behind honor system. And I'll be about 20 feet away from him. And with the gun trained on him. Yeah. So honor system, as you step forward, Alan dematerializes and your sensors are going completely bonkers. Nothing in your programming is equipped to handle that. A big question mark appears on his face. <laughs> so it's been blank this whole time, but now because he's caught off guard, he's lost his focus, then all of a sudden the display kind of betrays what he's thinking. Declan, you're behind the counter. Honor system, you're kind of stepping through the store with your sword up. Alan has disappeared. She rematerializes 20 feet behind you. Alan, what do you say? This isn't happening, guys. Well, it sort of seems like it's fucking happening, I say from <laughs> behind the counter. <laughs> Very bravely. <laughs> No, I mean, you're not taking me. Well, then where the fuck are you going to go? You fucked us in this deal. I'm going to no, be honest. Listen. You owe some fucking money. We were almost in with the prodigals. This was going to be good. I just start a rant behind the counter. Declan, we are short on time. Yeah, I agree. You know what? You want to go on your own way? Then take a fucking hike. You can listen. have the gun. It was yours anyway. I didn't say I'm not coming with you. I said you're not taking me. Oh, so we got an English major. This is great. What did you read in some of your creative fucking fiction? Uh, fucking... <laughs> Outside, you see a bunch of regulators starting to close in with rifles up on the store that you've been making a giant commotion in. Okay, back door. <laughs> uh, roll for initiative, please. 17. 14. Boy, I'm rolling crap. Eight. So basically, there's a squad of regulators outside the door. A bunch of them move to cover. Two of them start moving up towards the front with their rifles up. Alan, you're up first. The regulators are standard SWAT style mm -hmm. outfits. So like tactical blacks. Completely blank face masks. There seem to be a variety of insignias amongst them, though. You mm -hmm. don't recognize any of them, but... Um, Where are we in the store? Like, what's what's immediately around so us? So, you're at the back of the store with the counters. I am thinking H&M now, so H&M's hmm. cashiers are weirdly far away from the door. So, yeah. there's like a stock room behind you. There is a back door. Declan's behind the counter. I'm going to say Honor System is almost directly in front of him in sort of the center of the store. You were at the right side of the store. You're now at the left. So we're going to talk in terms of north, south, east, west. North side of the store leads to the back rooms and potential exits. South side of the store is the giant glass front that mm -hmm. the SWAT team's coming through. Along both walls are fashionable clothes. And dead center in the store is the giant rack of white suits. A bunch of the guards are still outside in the mall proper. Two are kind of tactically moving in. Sorry, guys. Get to the back as fast as you can, and I want to misty step to the door and go through. <laughs> um, I will ask, Laura, can you track, please, whenever you're using sort of spell slot spells? Yeah. Same sort of short rest, long rest situation. Sure. I think as she disappears, honor system will look to Declan. Declan, if we engage with a force of this size, we run the risk of compromising the integrity of our pantsuits. I think we might be beyond the pantsuits disguise at this point, but at the same time, you're not wrong. So I'd say, let's go stockroom. Alan disappears, reappears in the stockroom. Declan, you're up next. So I was at the counter where I tried to give her the pad and then she disappeared. Yep. So if the pad's on the counter, I also want to snatch that on my way to the back. Sure. Great. And then what I'd like to do is I'm imagining, knowing these malls, it's Dufferin, so it's super shit. <laughs> so imagine they've got one of those security buttons or something like that where you could get that grate to slam down over the yep. door in the interior windows. So I want to try to fucking do that once I get out of sight. Okay, amazing. So, <laughs> so um, it's me like hunched over, grabbing a pad and being like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then just like <laughs> duck sprinting yeah, into so, a um, stock room. Starts with a number works uh, much the same way as D&D in terms of action rounds. So like you can use a move to get back there. And then your action is going to be trying to drop the security shutters. Can you please roll me a program check or fix program if you want to hack it, fix if you want to pull the guts out and touch wires and do shit like that? I'm going to do the program. I feel like Alphonse was sort of stupid, so it's probably not that complicated. <laughs> the password's one, two, three, four. Yeah, and then there's just a button that says alarm. <laughs>
That is Ooh. a 13, including my plus one. Yeah, so the code is one, two, three, four. <laughs> and there's a post-it note next to it. Basically, he's written out a bunch of instructions. It's his first day. And posts them around. So outside, you hear kind of like a metallic whirring. And it's not even just like standard mall thing. It's a future mall. So large metal shutters slide out and completely block off the front entrance, blocking the two guys inside, cutting them off from reinforcements. But because you rolled so damn high, I'm going to say you also see a button that seems to have a bunch of X's next to it. Alfie's drawn a picture of someone running and there's like lines chasing them from like a little black box. Yeah, I'm good to push that button. <laughs> so in a remarkable feat of hacking ability, you remove the red tape and push the button. And all of a sudden you hear unauthorized shoppers will be eliminated and the central Hillary mannequin just like oh my god bursts open and scatter guns come out uh, all sides <laughs> and just start auto tracking so they're going to take two free shots at the uh, regulators uh, one will hit so one of the regulators goes like pants suits and just gets fucking mulched it's low caliber bullets because they don't want to mess up the store um <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot of low caliber bullets. The other guy manages to dodge the hit, but means he's pinned down behind a, r- a rack of like decent jeans. But the color is really weird. It's not a color you really want for your jeans. I mean, you could maybe you could pull it off. I don't know. Wearing faded jeans hasn't been popular for like a thousand yeah, years. So he's hiding behind the questionable jeans. The weapons quickly expend their ammo, but not a bad result. Uh, okay, that brings us to honor system. To your surprise, the Hillary statue punches slightly harder than you expected. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guns is now spinning around towards you, but it seems to be scanning over you because you're non-organic matter. I leave. So the three of you meet back up in the typical kind of back room of retail. There's racks, most of which are filled with more pantsuits. And at the uh, northmost side, there seems to be like an emergency exit. Um, you can also see kind of like a break room off to your left. Honor system, get the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wordlessly walking down, just kick the door like off its hinges or whatever. Cool. It boots off and an alarm starts. I look at both of them and go, oh no, they know we're here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, <clears throat> so with the door open, the three of you rush out into the guts of the mall. You know mm-hmm. how malls have all those like spooky spaces we don't get to see. You're kind of in, the, in that area. You can hear food prep happening off to your right. You hear nothing off to your left. This concrete hallway curves, so you can't see too far down either way, but those are your two directions. We have attracted enough attention, unless you want hostages. They might not be bad. We're going left. Let's go towards nothing. We got to get the fuck out of this building. Agreed. The three of you book it off to the left. You keep passing doors that look similar to the one you booted off the hinges. It seems like a lot of the stores are laid out in the same way mm-hmm. for sort of hive efficiency. You can hear some commotion back the way you came, but it sounds more like mall staff. It seems like the regulators were sufficiently suppressed in, in the main store. Eventually, you come to a flight of stairs that you can take up and it brings you back onto sort of a central concourse. And you exit into the mall proper. So from here, you're on the second level of the mall. You're in the electronics section. So there's a lot of places selling variations on technological gizmos. Alan, for you, this Mm -hmm. is particularly wild. You don't recognize any of this Mm -hmm. stuff. Did I feel like this is a hint of what I saw in the prison in the uh, the browse? All of this stuff looks looks on brand for that. Um, Yeah, yeah, very much so. The regulators seem to be carrying tech similar to some of the Unseen Hand troops you fought way back in the day. But even though you don't necessarily know what any of it is, it's familiar-ish. From here, you can see clearly an exit that kind of exits out onto vertical street level, or you can dive back deeper into the mall. What do you do? The blockchain that we're trying to meet is not in the mall, so we need to get... Yeah, a noodle shop north north of the mall. I think Declan knows what I mean by this when I say, like, the blockchain noodle hut is north of the mall. All right, let's see if we can bluff our way out. Otherwise, we'll have to do a run through a crowd. As you come towards the exit, there are mall security standing around looking kind of concerned. There's two regulators standing at guard. And you're approached by a large man whose legs end in wheels, kind of like wheels over to you. And he's like, sorry, uh, the mall's on lockdown right now. And as for me, I just want to get home to my TV overly attractive wife. But, uh, you know, I'm stuck here. Hi, my name's Kevin. You guys are going to need to stay in here. Mall security, take my job very seriously. Kevin, we cannot and will not stay. We are evading the regulators. <laughs> the two regulators next to the door look to each other. Kevin goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, I used to be the king of queens, and now I just work here. I understand everyone's got some problems, but you can't evade the regulators. They're everywhere, man. That's what the conglomerata is. Kevin, go home to your wife. 
Can you roll me a check? Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I, I'm trying to do it like as neutral voice as possible, no. but like that was supposed to be a threat. Like <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh yeah, I guess I can't just do that shit. Now I have okay. to explain what I mean. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, can you add, uh, I'll let you add exert. So eight. You start advancing on him and he kind of rolls backwards on his Segway legs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those weird height things where only now does he realize how much taller you are mm-hmm. and bigger you are and scarier you are. Kevin James has a lot to live for, so he's going to kind of roll out of your way and look to the regulators and be like, I think these guys are good. I mean, look at those pantsuits. No one wears a pantsuit can be evil, right? The regulators look a little concerned. They don't look like they've entirely bought it. What do you do? I take out the pad and I say, and you almost lost this friggin' pad, you terrible Emily. Uh, and then I just like <laughs> cuff Alan on the side of the head <laughs> and I slap in her hands and I say, I have a meeting that could cost us two million credits and we're stuck here. I'll fire you so fast that you'll starve in the streets. One of the regulators, even in the future, people do this, puts his hand to his ears like, uh, scanning, yes. Derision of Emily detected. Possible C-suite. Move along, sir. And you. And it glares at the supposed Emily and says, serve the conglomerate better. And they uh, open the door and let you out. So we're going to go. That sounds great. Yeah, we should go before Honor System says something else because... <laughs> yeah, I just, I subtly yeah. hurry him where I'm like, oh, you need to walk quickly, yeah, sir. Yeah, you want to keep me from addressing people that we're trying to trick. <laughs> you get outside and as you're walking away, Alan, you're looking at the pad and mm-hmm. um, it starts flashing like an error message and it says, DNA profile not recognized. Failure to upload Emily. I just show it to um, this guy here whose name I still don't know. Um, Pretty easy way to solve that. (laughs) And I just say, oh shit. And I take it from her and I just hack it as far as I can. (laughs) So it just like spins off into the lower depths. Um, Meanwhile, it wasn't an Emily. Hundreds and hundreds of miles below the level you're on. There's a man who's uh, stumbled out of a pub. Like He's had a rough day. All he wants is some friends. He just has such a hard time finding them. You know, it's, it's real hard in this life. But he's pretty proud because he saved up all his credits and he got himself a gold tooth. (laughs) And he hears a whistling and he looks up and a data pad flies down and cracks him in the mouth and he swallows it. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, upstairs, I'm going to say you're kind of moving along walkways that are erected around the buildings, kind of like sidewalks in the sky. For both of you, Declan, and Honor System, this is business as usual. But Alan, the air quality here is fucking terrible. It's almost mm. hard to breathe. The amount of fumes and everything else you can smell coming off stuff, it's alarming to you that no one else notices this. Similar to if you just come in from out of the country to like downtown, and you're like, ugh. As you go, you're sort of making your way a couple blocks north. Crowds are out. It's a bustling, typical day. You kind of go up a couple levels so you can start to see some sunlight, which is nice. There's a lot of mirrors on a lot of the buildings that kind of reflect sunlight down. So there's like an eerie, false sense of daylight. Alan, can you please roll me a notice check? Sure. Eight. As you're moving through the city, you can see a couple of vaguely familiar sites in the distance. You think you can see what looks vaguely like the Cloak Tower from Neverwinter, and you you start to see some like things that you might kind of vaguely remember. But perhaps strangest of all, as you're walking by some of the smaller bodegas and things, you actually see a number of votive candles with the symbol of Moonhammer on them. I check my pockets to see if I have any money (laughs) to take one of these. You check your pockets, and unfortunately, you don't have anything in the the pantsuit pockets. Okay, I want to run over over to that little shop sure. and hold up one of the candles and say, do you know what the symbol is? Uh, yes, brings good luck. Good luck. But do you know exactly what it means? Oh, uh, yeah, y- yes, yes, it brings good luck. You should buy several for several good lucks. I don't have any money. Then put down good luck candle. Uh, this right. dwarf is so confused. He's just like, come on. And I just look over at people I'm with. I'm like, I don't want to call you, hey, you. What, what? What's your name? Steven. All right, Steven, does this that symbol mean anything? That is not his name. <laughs> well, what is his name? His name is Declan. Declan, does this symbol mean anything to you? Okay, first of all, I'm going to drop character voice. I'm talking, not as the character now. Uh, Tom, does it mean anything to me? You've seen all sorts of soldiers on the front have gods and things they pray to. It looks vaguely similar to something you may have seen on someone's necklace or something, but no, not really. I think it's Chinese for good luck. All right. Okay, let's, where are we going? We are going to a blockchain hideout. That's about all you're going to get till we're there. We don't know you. There's like secrets and stuff that everybody has to deal with. You showed up, you pulled a gun on us. Now we're talking in the middle of this street after you had a nice talk with Mr. Candlemaker over there. Who are you? I'm Alan. Okay, let's follow that up with slightly more biographical details. Why were you falling out of the sky and why did you break our car? Because I jumped out of a window. This is 
painful. What happened a day ago? That might be hard to explain. Good. That's the part I was asking about. (laughs) (laughs) So I was wrongfully imprisoned and then suddenly I was here. Okay. Honestly, the fact that you were imprisoned is the only thing I like about you right now. So how did you... Okay. See, this is the thing. You keep leaving out these middle parts that are way more important. Like I jumped out a window. The question would be why? There's no prison. You were in... A court building. Yes. And then suddenly I was in a room that I'd never seen before in this, whatever this is, city. We are in the city of Nairfrost. Okay, Nairfrost. So I found myself in this room. People pounded on the door, didn't know where I was, jumped out a window. What were you in prison for? Wrongfully imprisoned. I was in there for nothing. You did nothing whatsoever and you went to prison? Pretty much, yeah. See, your pretty muches are stressing me out. Do you want to ask some questions, system? I feel like you might be able to get more functional, because apparently I'm too metaphorical. Are you going to buy a candle? I don't have any money. We should leave. (laughs) Dwarf goes, this guy, I like this guy. He speaks a lot of sense. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons 2099 features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. The system we're playing is called Stars Without Number, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are Core Collapse and Sanctuary of the Sky Gods by Nathaniel Yverne, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Now I'm off to do future things before we return for the next episode of... Dum Dums and Dragons 2099 Bucky has never been in a cage, but when he was, his friends saved him. Bucky has never been a hero, but when he wanted to be Butthole Farch, Quinny and Alan let him be a hero. Now, as the world burns around him, Paladin Von Strauss leaping through the air, sword ablaze, Bucky looks to him. And as the paladin slices a slaver in half, he nods, saying, in his own way, go help your friends. And so Bucky runs, because for the very first time, he can save them. He can save them all. And so Bucky runs, runs to save his friends. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Modes of thought in Interran literature. Second year classics, Harvard University. Seven years ago, a Chinese military sub accidentally went down in the Pacific Ocean. Turns out, the sub fell smack in front of a gigantic three-sided pyramid in the ruins of what we now call Dark City. This Interran lit class. Seems like there's a lot of debate about it. Legally, I cannot stop you from teaching this class, but I strongly advise that you- What? You know what, if you want to tank your reputation, that's on you. You don't believe a word I say about Antara, right? You're right. I do not believe Antara exists. I need to know, is it real? You came all the way to China to find out? Okay, everyone get out right now. Now, Raquel, what the hell are you doing? I'm gonna cut my hand and you're all gonna feel it. Ow! See? I told you. Modes of Thought in Interran Literature. An audio drama produced by Wolf at the Door Studios. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.